If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. My name is Rock Thomas, and I'm the host of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life podcast. And before we get started today with the show, I want to remind you that the reason that I do this every single week is because I'm here to help you create financial freedom and fulfillment. If you're working harder than ever before, but not seeing the results you want, or maybe you don't have a supportive network of people that help you raise your personal standards of success, then I want to invite you to jump on a call with someone on my team that can help you change that. So just head over to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call, book the call and learn how you don't have to do it alone and you can take your life and business to the next level. Today's guest is a very likable, beautiful soul. He's recently become a father. He's a serial entrepreneur, a speaker, a trainee and an army veteran. He's the author of five books. One of them is a bestseller. He has built and sold four companies. And as a marketing leader, he specializes in helping small businesses scale. Throughout his career, he's helped over 400 mid-sized businesses, and he's a track record of driving company growth and brand awareness. He's, like I said, authored five books, and he's appeared in over 100 media outlets. He's got a dual bachelor's and master's degree, And after spending eight years in the army as a nuclear, biological, and chemical operations sergeant, he was awarded the Army Commendation Medal while serving overseas in Iraq and the Enduring Freedom. He actually joined the military three days after 9-11 in a kind of a rash decision. And you'll, you'll hear a little bit about how decisions do affect us as he goes through his story. He's also the leader and instructor of Freelance Masterclass, please help me welcome to today's podcast, my dear friend, Mike Vulcan. Thanks so much. Pleasure to be here. So we're excited to learn from thought leaders like yourself, people that are out there making the world a better place. So why don't we give our listeners a little bit of a background as to where you grew up and how you ended up where you are today? Okay, uh, so I grew up in New England, uh, Massachusetts to be exact. Uh, went to school in Texas, and um, after I graduated in uh, Texas, I went to Stephen F. Austin State University, and um, graduated there, went over to California to do work uh, from what I was trained to do as a scientist, and uh, somehow managed to transition my life into being an entrepreneur, and that's where I've been ever since. So today you help people improve their lives. Tell us a little bit about your military experience. Yep, um, I joined uh, the army three days after 9-11 and um, just dropped my, my corporate job and uh, went down there to basic training uh, as a chemical warfare specialist. And then I got deployed to Iraq right after that. I spent eight years in the army um, reserves, uh, but three of those eight, almost three of those eight in, on active duty. Uh, so yeah, when I got back from Iraq, I, I became an entrepreneur because of a book I published, uh, just kind of a roundabout way of being an entrepreneur, um, d- d- really decided that I liked uh, selling books and, um, and learning how to market. And then ever since then, I've, I've been a consultant, a marketing consultant for over 400 companies and built and sold uh, four companies of my own along the way. Anything interesting happening while you were in Iraq? 
Oh, lots of good stuff. Every day was a, it was an adventure, but you know, a lot of times it's not like the movies where it's like, you know, go, go, go. And, you know, shooting and running. It's a lot of downtime, but uh, the action packed times are just like the movies. Uh, but um, yeah, we had, a, it was, I don't want to say it was a good time, but it was definitely a, a time full with a lot of stories. Are you still in touch with anybody that you went through that with? Uh, actually, one person, um, and uh, I actually went skydiving with him last year, a buddy of mine, and um, he's been so busy because he's a firefighter now, and he's been battling all the blazes around the world. I hardly ever get a chance to talk to him anymore, but I do touch base with him you know, a couple times a year. Because they say when you go through something intense like that, you tend to create these deep relationships. Is, yeah, is that unfortunately, when, uh, when I was deployed, I got deployed with a different unit. Um, I was uh, stationed in Sacramento and they told me, I got a letter, uh, said, hey, uh, there's a, a, a platoon in, in South Dakota that needs you. And I've never even heard of anyone in South Dakota. I don't know what they needed me for, but uh, I flew down there and deployed with them. So I was pretty much a stranger to 200 people. But is I, that I joined the size some, of a platoon, 200? Uh, uh, it was actually the whole company, but I spent almost all my time with one particular platoon. Yeah. Okay. Did you take any of that experience to what you do today? I, well, especially the leadership. I mean, as a consultant, I'm a marketing uh, leader for a lot of companies. I'm a, what's called a fractional CMO. So I'll go into a small business and provide marketing leadership. Uh, so small businesses don't have to hire a full-time CMO, which a lot of times they can't. Uh, so I learned a lot of my leadership skills from the army, both formally in classroom training and then also in the field. And what are some of the companies that you go into and what exactly do you do for them? Uh, many of them are internet-based companies, so uh, they don't always have to drive all of their revenue through the internet, but um, they are interested in and have the capability to do so. So I'll go in there, I'll diagnose uh, a lot of issues that the company might have. Maybe it's uh, the lack of a good leader, maybe it's the lack of a uh, the right hire in the right spot. And a lot of times it's the website or, or the systems that produce the sales, um, maybe after the fact or even the marketing communications before the sale is made. So I'll go in there and I'll just, I'll gut everything. I'll just analyze everything and, and determine what needs to be fixed. And how much of it is usually uh, the leadership versus the actual systems? <laughs> That's a good question because a lot of times the leadership is the one that hires me. <laughs> I can't go in there and say that you suck and you're toxic to your, to your company. But uh, honestly, it's, a, it's about half the time. It's not that they're toxic, but um, most of the time they're not. They're just, they've never been a leader. Like a lot of times entrepreneurs are kind of thrusted into being the CEO and they don't really know how to be a CEO. Maybe they're the ones that came up with a concept or an idea for a business and they're kind of put in a leadership position so they're learning on the fly. So a lot of small businesses I come across, it typically is somebody who is maybe really good at selling something, really good at providing that service. And then all of a sudden they had more demand than they could handle. So they started to hire an assistant and then they started to expand a little bit. Yep. And then it kind of got to that place where, like you said, they weren't really good at leading people. Right. Is that kind of the situation that you, you come across? Yeah. Unfortunately, companies usually hire backwards. So they'll have the CEO and they're like, well, I've got a little bit of money, uh, a little bit of cash flow. Let me hire a social media assistant. Let me hire, you know, uh, an email marketing person, which is fine, but it lacks vision and strategy in marketing. So I'm the person that comes in and says, you really need a strategy. You're, you're wasting money here. You're not doing this right. Um, you've got some, some people who are doing marketing, but they don't really know what they're doing in terms of strategy. Uh, so that's where I come in. But um, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of small businesses can't just come in and hire a two or $300,000 a year CMO. So they hire what they can given the cash flow situation. How do you get good at that? Because that seems to be a bit of a hornet's nest. Yeah. You deal with people, you got to deal with systems, you got to be able to come in and add value right away. So how do you get good at that? 
you know, guys like you, to be honest with you, I mean, you, you look up to the mentors, you read the books. Uh, a lot of leadership is experience-based. There's a lot of different styles of leadership and mentorship. Uh, but then, you know, I'm a big advocate of, <laughs> I wish I had people like you when I was becoming an entrepreneur. It would have fast-tracked me so much more and fa so much faster, you know? Um, so I really didn't have those resources. But as an entrepreneur coach myself, I, I try to um, take every one of my entrepreneurs and, and give them leadership lessons along the way, in addition to helping them with their business, because those two go hand in hand, you know? What are some of the books or teachers you've used in order to get better at what you do? Oh, boy. Um, it, it really depends on what my passion is. You know, right now, I'm really into neuroscience. So because there's a lot of really cool things happening in neuroscience and neuromarketing, we're learning a lot in the last 10 years and what the brain can tell us we're actually able to verify this with, with proof and studies now that were just concepts and theories in the past. So in terms of actual books, I like uh, The Power of Neuroplasticity with uh, Shad Helmstetter. He's, he's excellent in neuroscience. Um, deep Work with Cal Newport really shows you how to do good focus um, and productivity along those lines. Atomic Habits, The Power of Now. I mean, anything that has to do with focus and productivity and really optimizing the brain because you can turn one entrepreneur into three uh, just by being super focused because honestly, you've heard of Parkinson's law. The work kind of fills itself. It fills its own day. Um, and a lot of people just go to work like zombies, not really knowing that they're just clicking away into nothingness. And uh, ever since I really focused on productivity uh, and efficiency, my work has just skyrocketed. So how many companies or clients would you typically have at a time? You've worked with 400, you say? Yeah, as a fractional CMO, I can usually do about four companies with about six entrepreneur coaching clients, which are really just weekly calls. And that pretty much maxes me out um, for my week. Do you spend much time speaking on the circuit? I would like to spend more time. Um, I'd like to fill rooms like you do. That's actually my goal uh, for the for New Year's. I, I make goals, as silly as that sounds. But uh, honestly, if you don't <laughs> make goals and track, a lot of people, get, the goals are, they, they go away by February, right? But I actually, I make them, I write them down, I track them every week. And big goal is to do more public speaking. I've done speaking 40, 60, maybe 80 people, people, but not like you where there's hundreds of people in a room, you know? So I have an assessment that I created called the seven traits of success. I'm going to go through them and I'm going to ask you to rate on a scale of one to 10, how important you think those traits are um, as uh, the characteristics of somebody that's, that's successful. Maybe you came across them or you recognize them. Okay. But I'll tell you, I'm the hardest critic on myself. I'll give myself a lot of low scores because I believe that there's always room for improvement. So yeah, of course. So okay. you give yourself a score, then maybe, uh, let's say uh, we'll choose Richard Branson. Okay. Okay. So yep. as a learner. Uh, this is one to 10, right? 10 yeah. being the highest. Mm -hmm. uh, learner, eight. And Richard? Mm. You're going to guess, of course. I would say nine or 10. Him, him's, okay. He's obviously the pinnacle, right? Right. Um, as a leader. Eight. Richard Branson. I've never studied under him, but I would say he's, he's a 10. He's built t tons of companies. Right, right. Self-care. <sighs> Seven. Richard Branson, he's, a, he's up there, nine. Um, Self-aware. Five. I could use improvement there. I don't know Richard Branson. I would assume yeah. eight since he's found his niche and, you know. Mm -hmm. um, how about... Somebody that is willing to, the, we call it the, the, the trade is asker, but there's two yeah. sides to that because there's asking for help 
and then there's asking for the order. And one require they both require courage, but they're two different sides of the same coin. That is one of my leadership skills. So I would give myself a nine on that. I do both of those. Nice, nice, yeah. very good. Um, and then a tracker, the importance of tracking your numbers yes. and being aware of what's going on, having a dashboard, et cetera. I'm a tracker junkie. I give myself a nine. My, my Excel spreadsheets could always be a little bit more refined. So I'll give myself a nine and out of 10. I have no idea where Richard Branson would, would yeah. fall on that. Um, and then the last one is a level of commitment to get the job done. In other words, what, how, like when you decide you're going to do something, is it like, oh, people are like, oh, okay, I'll probably be done. Or they're like, oh no, just consider it done. I mean, he's, yeah. he's all in. I'd give myself an eight because I've had a couple companies that I've taken it to a certain point and I decided to drop it for various reasons. Yeah, and I think it's more like new information can come up and we can make a new decision. I, yeah. I, it's not about that. It's like, for instance, right now I'm doing 75 days straight of yoga and I'm on my fourth day and my accountability partner, he goes, okay, so what are the things that might take you off track? And I go, death? Yeah, <laughs> that's a 10. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, well, no, no, like, you know, other things like you don't have time or you're going to be on a plane. I go, that's irrelevant to me. I'll do it yeah. on the plane. I will find the time. It's, it doesn't even occur to me, right? Yeah. Once I commit, I am all freaking in. So how would you rate yourself there? I would give myself a 10. That'd probably be the only category. I can't think of anything in my life I've just left hanging on the table. Even if it's just going to the gym, making a commitment every day. I've been doing that every single day since I was 19 years old. And I'm 43 now. I don't think I've missed a day that I've planned on going to the gym as an example. So right. always a 10. So if we think about all those traits and somebody was to lean into them, what, what we believe is that you can develop that. You mm -hmm. can increase your commitment by being in the right environment, the right set of circumstances, and by being coached and mentored, et cetera. You can increase your tracking ability, even though you might say, I'm not good with numbers, but you could increase them. You could increase your courage and ask for help, and you can ask for the order more by developing the ability to handle rejection and, and changing the meaning of that, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's a great system. Yeah. So, so you scored pretty damn high for a guy who's tough on yourself. <laughs> Every point counts. You know, if a, a, the difference between a seven and eight is like, uh, like the Richter scale, like an earthquake, right? It's a big yeah. difference. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Well said. So when people come to you, do you spend a week, a month, six months? How does it generally play out for you to move the needle? Yeah. Well, um, that, that varies a lot with companies, but generally with entrepreneur coaching, it's almost immediately I can diagnose what the main issue is, what they, the person's kind of niching themselves into, what their weaknesses are. Um, with a company, it's all over the map. I've helped companies immediately. Most companies I can help right away. I, what I do, laser focus, is I find out where the biggest need is to, that way I can turn around for improvement. Uh, that's also you know, to help the company, but it's also um, for me to show my value uh, and to get bigger contracts and longer clients. So I would say on average between one and three months, um, usually there's a, a, an increase in revenue or a decrease in, in wasted expenses. So this podcast is about when we grow up, we were given labels, we received uh, information to help form who we are, get feedback from our parents and the people mm -hmm. around us, priests and teachers, et cetera. What's a label that you were given that you overcame, if you can think of one? Scientist. I mean, my father was a, an engineer slash scientist. I went to school. I got three degrees in science and I, I got, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be just like my dad. I'm going to be a scientist. And um, 
didn't like it at all. I got out there in the field and didn't like being in a lab, didn't like, I was a water chemist, didn't like doing water samples, uh, didn't like my job at all, but I did it because I was told that I'd go and get an eight to five job and I work Monday through Friday and that's what everybody in my family did and that's the way I was gonna do it. And um, I just had this calling in the back of my mind that says, this is not the way it needs to be done for you. Go ahead and go out and do something on your own. Were you encouraged by your folks to follow in their footsteps or your dad? My, my father, yes. Um, he wanted me to be a scientist. He didn't push me. He didn't say, you're going to be a scientist, but uh, he certainly didn't encourage me to be an entrepreneur, uh, I don't think. Uh, he didn't hold back, but he didn't say, hey, you should be an entrepreneur. Uh, and same with the military. I mean, it was such a rash decision. I, I made a decision three days after 9-11 and I was at basic training less than a month later. So he didn't, he didn't uh, hold me back, but he, he also uh, didn't encourage me to join the military. He didn't want to see me go, go off to war, obviously. How do you plan on communicating with your children what they should do? Oh, well, as a new dad, um, I am super open uh, and uh, accommodating. Uh, it, my daughter's only six months old, so she can't understand me, but I spend as much time as possible with her. And I want her, my father was really big on, you know, I'm not your friend, I'm your father. He said that to me a lot growing up. Uh, I don't want to say that hurt me, but he definitely put his place um, where, where I was growing up. You know, I'm not going to be budding around with him. I did a few things, went to the movies every now and then, but ultimately he was my dad and I didn't want to buddy around with him, right? Um, with my daughter, I'm going to be hopefully <laughs> her best friend and her father. I'm going to find, find that, that fine line, you know? So you say you didn't want to buddy around with him. Is it you didn't or he didn't want? I think we both didn't. Only I didn't. I would love to have gotten more attention to my father uh, because I was, I think, a very needy child. Uh, but um, my father made it quite clear that, um, you know, go out and make your own friends and uh, I'm your dad. I'll be here for support whenever you need me. I'm not going to be mean to you, uh, but uh, I'm not going to go hang out with you on a Saturday afternoon um, if I don't need to, if you have friends, you know. Hmm. Interesting. How much, have you, how much of that do you think has shaped your drive or who you are today? Uh, tons, tons, just like your, the way your father, I would imagine, did as well, right? So when I, I look at my daughter, some things that I do, some mannerisms that I take, I, I make sure that uh, I'm online with what I don't want um, in, to be at, in terms of a parent, um, you know, be extra patient, all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I'm trying to break away from the typical you know, 50s, 60s, and 70s dad, where it's like, um, wait till your father gets home, you know, that kind of thing. So um, I want to be like the new cool dad that is a friend and a dad as well. But, um, you know, I want to find my fine line there. So as you do that, you're going to obviously introduce her to concepts and things like that. Uh, do you have any rules already pre-planned around consumption of internet, video, uh, yeah. iPads? Because I see kids today, a, you know, one year old or Terrible. one and a half or something with an iPad with the parents kind of snoozing off. What are your thoughts around that? I know it's, it's a very timely conversation. My dad just left for the airport. Uh, he spent the last few days here and he was okay having my six month old daughter watch the news with him. And I was like, no, my daughter does not look at the screen. Uh, if you want to spend time with her, you know, uh, have her touch your hand or, or play, you know, I want her touching, feeling, squeezing things and, you know, the mat, the play mats and squeezing the ball and listen to the sounds of this and that. So, uh, I mean, I want her to be very uh, developed very early without the, the screen time. I think that's super important. Very nice. Very nice. I love that. Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts around nutrition in children? 
Well, that's tough as well because my father and I just had this discussion. He's a meat eater. I'm a vegetarian trying to be a plant-based. Um, but, uh, you know, I had the unfortunate pleasure when I was in grad school going to a chicken killing plant. I went to Tyson Chicken, never wanted to eat meat again. Uh, so um, now I'm a vegetarian and um, I love it. And I would hope that my daughter would be the same. However, I'm not going to push her in any one direction. I'm going to educate her on the way I feel about meat. And you know what? certain vegetables I like. I'm going to tell her the reasons why I don't like them. It doesn't mean she's not going to like them, but I'm just going to be really open. You know, it, it might be easier said than done. I just don't know. She's six months old. Yeah. So I'm saying yeah. all these fantasy things, hoping that they'll work out. So yeah, very cool. What are some of the things that you're working on yourself right now, personally? Personally, like well, uh, I'm a well better professionally, human. we talked about uh, me being a, a speaker. So from a personal level, I'm trying to be a better speaker, you know, and it's really hard because I'm a fast talker, as you can imagine. Um, no need to play this podcast on one and a half speed. Um, so also, um, personally, I mean, it's such a big endeavor to try to be the best dad you can be. That's my main focus. It's really hard because it slows me down all my goals as an entrepreneur. Uh, I used to be all my goals used to be about creating businesses, selling businesses as fast as possible. And now it's just like, um, what, what does my daughter mean when she cries like that? Or why is she, um, why is she laughing when I do that? Like uh, trying to understand and get inside of her head is my personal goal right now, just so I can understand and make the best life for her. Kind of interesting how you can be just going along in your world thinking this is the path I want to be on. Yeah. All these things are super important. And then something happens like for some people, it might be losing a job or going through a divorce or having a child. And then a whole array of other things become super important. And yeah. let me give you a context because so many people will tell you, I just don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. Then they get a child and now they allocate five, 10, 15, 20 hours a week to this whole new endeavor when before they had this belief, I don't have time to do anything else but everything I'm doing. So what are your thoughts around that concept? Well, I'll tell you, when the baby was almost being born, like between seven to nine months um, uh, in the womb, I was telling my wife, you know, we don't need a nanny. I'll just, I'll do my work and I'll hold her in one hand. I'll type with the other. And I was serious about that. I was like, I can do both. And then like two days after she was born, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. Like I had to change everything and make concessions. Uh, so now we have a full-time nanny, two of them actually. Um, and it's still slow because I hear her right now as I'm talking, laughing in the other room with the nanny. I just want to go out there and, and play with her while she's laughing. Um, yeah. So it's tough. But um, it's, that's what makes life interesting, right? Is the, the constantly changing goals and priorities. That's why you got you to gotta crack all this. And it's good to have long and short-term goals. I talk to a lot of my entrepreneur coaching clients. I say, yeah, yearly goals are great, but quarterly goals are even better. Yeah. yeah. And monthly and weekly and daily too, right? Track them. Yeah. Every Friday I have in my calendar, spend an hour looking at your goals, reviewing why you didn't make the goal. If you did, what was so great about it? How can you make it happen again? That kind of thing. So how can people get in touch with you if they want to tap into your wisdom? Uh, well, um, MikeVolkin.com, V-O-L-K-I-N.com. If you want some entrepreneur coaching, um, if you want to become a, a full-time or even a side hustler, a freelancer, go to my, my startup, which is Freelancer Masterclass, nine-step course on how to make some good extra, extra money. <laughs> Break free it. of that corporate rat race. I love your energy. I love the fact that you're able to engage so quickly and pitch and catch and talk in uh, really nice sound bites. So thanks for joining us 
what's uh, your parting words or recommendation of a book or a quote or something that you want to leave with uh, our audience? Today? Yeah, my parting word would, hey, if you're not a reader, become a reader. I mean, I just started doing this in the last year and I've learned so much as an entrepreneur. Um, that's, it's just amazing. Books are so underutilized now, as popular as they are. I think entrepreneurs need to take more advantage of them because they're so busy all the time. Take some time out, read for 10 minutes a day. Uh, make it a goal to do one book a month. Leaders are readers. That's what I say. Um, because we're, books are, are fantastic sources uh, of information. I appreciate that. Uh, Mike Vulcan sharing some time and wisdom with us. Let me remind our listeners that the words that follow I am follow you. So remember to describe yourself in a way that empowers you to live the life that you deserve, the life that you want, the best version of yourself. And we'll see you on the next podcast. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week who posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to be Rock's private VIP mastermind guest. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.